Welcome to Yela Mensa, exploring cross-centered contextual justice in the South African context. Yela Mensa is a ministry of Isu Bambano, Center for Biblical Justice. I am your host, David Kluter, and with me is my man, John Skippers. Everybody. Hello for Mensa. Hello, everybody. It's another one. It's another one. It's another one. Another one in the bag. Another one in the bag. Guys, today with us, we have Tristan Pringle and Chido Warambwa. Am I saying your surname right, bro? I hope I'm yeah, you're right. saying it I, perfectly. I no. My wife, my wife always gets me like, listen, we, we've been married for so long. You married to a Tosa woman. You, you, you need to get your your Tosa in, in, in. Yeah, you need to get your Tosa in shape, bro. Uh, yeah. So these guys, sorry, that was a tangent. Uh, so Tristan and Chido, these guys are from an organization called Isisekelo, and they're here to talk with us about funding new tables. Funding new tables. Uh, guys, because yes, yes, yes. the bottom line. The sad reality is that uh, those of us, and particularly black and colored or brown brothers and sisters who talk about this issue of racism or talk about the issue of injustice within the church, not outside of the church, but within the church, many of us face all kinds of pushback. Some of us lose our jobs, we lose funding, we can lose career opportunities. Some of us even get our reputation tarnished because we get labeled all kinds of things. Have you not heard some of the stuff out there? You know, cultural Marxist. Uh, uh, you, 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 I mean, there's so many things that people throw out. I, I, I lose track of all the, the titles and, <laughs> and names that they, that they badge us with. But um, all this stuff happened. And so your reputation is, is, in, the, is in the balance. Um, but Isis Sekelo as an organization, mm. uh, you guys are founded on the principle or, or founded on the basis of, you know, funding and, and, and thinking through what does it look like to finance um, organizations or, or, or other Christian ministries or, or Christians uh, uh, who embrace a holistic gospel uh, and speak about, uh, you know, racial injustice or injustices in general. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so to get us started, uh, Tristan Chido, welcome to Yellow Mensa. I just want to say as well that Tristan, this is, this is not your first time uh, on Yellow Mensa. He was actually yeah. our very first guest. He was actually our very first guest. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's back with a bang, and actually with yeah. a big bang. This, this is a massive topic. Mm. <laughs> this is a massive topic. Oh, it's going to be fun. Uh, so guys, yeah, it's going to be fire. So guys, please tell us about yourselves, uh, your faith journey, and also particularly about uh, your own journey and struggles in embracing a more holistic gospel. Mm-hmm. I'll go yeah, with you, so Tristan. Maybe, you and you. Yeah. Great. I can go first. Um, I being Tristan. Um, <laughs> uh, nice to be here. So I, I guess my story, like I grew up in quite a traditional, one of the mainline uh, traditional churches. And I guess I had an experience of uh, Christianity, Jesus, all that kind of thing at quite a, I guess, a youngish age, but really only took the faith seriously, I think, or knew what Christianity meant in my 20s or so. And there was this like reawakening in my 20s. Maybe mm-hmm. some people would say I was born again. I don't know. Um, and <laughs> I kind of did in that time, kind of did all the stuff that you do when you are quote-unquote, born again, and you're like a new believer and all of these, even those yep. words would have been new to me then. Um, and I, I guess I've always had this tug towards issues of justice in general. Um, mm-hmm. And I, d- I did feel like my Christian faith spoke to that, but it, it was somehow misaligned, I think, in the, in the living out of it. Um, 
And so that's an interesting thread because as I've kind of gotten older and some of the um, more recent conversations we've had about race and, and um, living in a racialized society, I guess the, it's almost like that misalignment has just grown more and more. I've kind of noticed more and more gaps in that. And so I've had to come to terms with that and kind of figure out how to deal with it. Um, Mm. And that's been an interesting journey. And actually, I guess along that journey, part of that journey has been, um, Chida, we've been friends for quite a long time. So Mm. we've kind of seen each other go through different phases, believing different things. Um, But yeah, maybe Chida, you can can share your thing. Yeah, Yeah, sure. Sure. Once again, thank you guys for having us. Uh, so it's our pleasure, man. It's our pleasure. Part, man. Man. It's uh, our pleasure. part of what you guys are doing. Um, yeah, so my, my, my Christian journey, I think, began quite early on. Um, I think I got to know Christ when I was about nine years old. started sure. serving in the church from like 14, 15. Um, but during this time, Christianity, I didn't know what it actually means to be a Christian Christian. So whatever I to get a hold of, I just absorbed and right. uh, I took on. Um, but when I came to varsity, I think that's when my faith became a little bit more serious in terms mm-hmm. of trying to understand why I believe what I believe. And I found myself in a um, quotation mark, more Bible-based church. Uh, and yeah, uh, yeah and, and, and I grew a lot. And, 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 uh, <laughs> we see those quotation marks, brother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bible-based. Um, yeah. yeah, but yeah, but but I, I I have to say I did learn a lot from it. Um, but as I began to grow, I, I began to note began to notice discrepancies between what is in the word and what I was seeing in reality, especially as it pertains to justice. Yeah. I remember reading Luke and just being like, like mm. the God of justice coming out to me from the page. I'm just like, and I was I was. Sure. I was convicted. I remember that's when I went and talked to Tristan. That's when our relationship actually really began to get, uh, we began to know each other a bit more. Mm, sure. Um, so, yeah, but even then, I used to think there was a disposition that I had, that I was just a justice person. Ah, right. This is not yeah. like, um, you know, uh, it's, a, it's not one in, one in parcel with the gospel. Okay. But then with time, with time, I began to see these two separate topics, which is the issue of justice and the gospel as actually intertwined. And obviously sure. this culminated in 2015 with um, right. these four protests when uh, just like a spotlight on right. the level of discrepancies we now have in the church right. and um, this reaffirmation that the gospel and justice are one and the same thing. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I don't think people understand yeah, or, or feel the, the, at that moment of, of Fismas Fall in, in those years and what it mm. meant for the conversation yeah. um, yes. in young people coming up and having the conversation and the, mm. and the amount of pushback that, that people got mm. from the church in having the mm. conversation. Yeah. Um, and you compare, you know, 2015 to 2020, uh, mm, mm. Yeah, it, it's just worlds apart, worlds yeah. apart. Right. John, you wanted to say something? I was actually going to say, it's just amazing how pivotal, how pivotal that 2015 year and the Fees Must Fall is just for so many of us. I think just the, the kind yeah. of 
it, it, it's it's really such a pivotal event, and it's I still find it kind of sad because I still think most evangelical churches, and I'll use I'll use your quotation marks there, Cheeto. It's like most <laughs> evangelical churches where we still haven't reckoned with the significance often of 2015 of Fismas Fall, um, mm-hmm. but yet for so many mm-hmm. people, what a pivotal event it has been. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I mean, that's interesting sure. in the 2020 conversation. Yep around the world about the toppling of statues. And in some ways, the, the toppling of that road statue was, yeah. uh, your listeners might hate me for saying this, but like the, it was like a prophetic act, right? Like there was something that just highlighted for the church where we were at. That was, yeah. I mean, sure. for those people involved in ministry at that time, and especially yeah. cross-cultural ministry, it was hectic. It was yeah. like, oh, wow, this is like, mm. oh, wow, this is what the world is like, right? Yeah. 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 If, if, you, if you had a multicultural church, your multiculturalism was put to the test. We saw how multicultural you were. We, yeah. we, we got to see and how much of inclusion and embrace was happening there. Mm, uh, yeah. Guys, on this topic on, on, on building new tables, there's a lot of talk on, on that particular issue uh, or topic. Uh, building new tables or fi- mm-hmm. finding new tables. Uh, what What is your own understanding of that language and why do you think it's important? Chido, um, yeah. I'll, I'll allow you to start. Yeah, sure, sure. I can, I can go for it. And I probably have a different angle, which I want to try to uh, bring about by defining what we don't mean. Right. But yeah. even before uh, I go further in that, I just want to make a quick note on the term new table because I think some listeners might misinterpret that mm, because yeah. the, these tables have been there. Ah, and good. in some cases, these tables are there, mm. but they've just been silenced. Oh, that's good, know? man. That's good. Uh, and I think we should be cognizant of that, especially from a Reformed evangelical background because we've been so deprived of that. Yep. It's, we've got a propensity to think, oh, this is new. Right. This is about to put a new table. But instead, uh, there might be value in us trying to find out what's been done, trying to learn from others yeah. who might have walked mm-hmm. this journey before and actually join those yeah. tables. So it's just worth just noting that. Um, yes. But back even to this definition of what we mean by building our own tables slash new tables. Or I think primarily many, many of my white brothers and sisters usually think this is something that stems out of um, a rebellion mm-hmm. or, you know, out of bitterness or out of uh, trying to be divisive yeah. towards them and towards the body of Christ, which it is not the case. You know, I think our, standing, our understanding of building our own tables comes from Corinthians 12, which talks mm-hmm. about the body of Christ, you know, yep. that each part is distinct, it's unique, it's irreplaceable, and it has a role to play. Or as Paul puts it, you know, that I cannot say to the foot, I, do, I don't need you. Um, sure. And, and most Christians, like this is not like something new. Most Christians do know yeah. this. Um, but the reality is that historically, some parts of the body have sought to silence other parts of the body, to yeah. nullify them. That's it of their uniqueness and their irreplaceableness. Mm. So when mm. we talk about um, building new tables, we're pretty much just saying, look, we are irreplaceable, that right. we are entitled to a platform 
that we have a role to play that only we can fulfill right. uh, yeah. and take leadership in for the benefit of the body. Wow. It's wow. not it's not out mm. of you know a vendetta, it's for the benefit of the body. Mm. Um, yeah. Or even using the analogy of the body itself, you know, historically the hand or the arm has tried to police the foot, <coughs> tell it mm. when it can and cannot yes. walk. And how we're just saying and how it should work, exactly. <laughs> Um, and what I was just saying is that no more of that, right? No, we mm. are qualified, qualified by Christ's death on the cross. Amen. To, as a leg, choose when and when should not walk by the grace of God, of course. Um, so, and this again to the, uh, to the benefit of the body. Sure. Um, right. I think that's, that's my understanding of what I mean of good yeah. on tables. It's about... Uh, restoring ourselves to our rightful place in the sure. conversation. And it's not about, sure. it's not, it's nothing to do with like, oh, we're angry at you as you know, right. the white evangelicals and all this kind of stuff. It's not. It's just saying, look, we have a role to play and we want to benefit the whole body. Mm. And we know that by us actually creating these tables where we can actually yeah. contribute, we actually do that. Sure. Well, that's, 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 great, that's powerful. That's yeah. super, that's super powerful. That's good, yeah. And I think, and I think it would, I think it's, it's actually an indictment to anyone, in particular, this table that you guys are trying to fund and build um, in the work that you're trying to do in, in saying to brothers and sisters who's been hurt in the past, who's currently being hurt right. uh, in all kinds of ways for speaking up on justice and for actually trying to be holistic in their Christian mission in the South African context. For anyone to say, to any kind of work to say that, we need to come alongside those those guys financially and emotionally, and to say we need we. That's the kind of tables we need. As a matter of fact, that table should not even be be, be here. Mm, right. Yeah. It's an indictment on on why the table is there. But the fact that the table is there should actually say to people, it should be a wake up call. It should yes. be a massive wake up call. That is Tristan. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think the you're just sparking some thoughts about like. I guess part of being with this language of tables, like people talk about like inviting people to a table and, you know, like sharing yeah. a table, all these things. But the thing is, there's always terms, right? There's always terms to, yep. to come and sit at the table. What does that mean? What do, what do I have to give up? What are, yeah. what are you going to require of me? All of those kinds of things. And I think there's a moment now where we're saying, well, like it's time for something different. It's time for something new, a new table yeah. where, where it is like, well, the terms are we come in as we are, and there's no like superiority, inferiority thing yeah. equals sitting at this thing, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's powerful. Yeah, maybe I, I maybe I can just say something as I've just listening to you guys. I'm also just so aware that um, as as white people, so often we we want to dominate that that table. We want to set the terms, uh, and even when it's not our space, even when it's not our role. We never want to take that 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 idea as a guest or as a. We always want to be the lording it over. We want to be controlling it, and and that's where it just gets so unhelpful because there's a mm. sense that all of us are both, you know, equally righteously belonging at that table, but also we're also guests at the table, you know, and so we because mm. we are because everyone matters because none of us is is superior to another, so we're both guests mm. and honored son or daughter and we hold yes. that tension uh but i think certainly us kind of 
the the as white people we have, we've struggled to see ourselves as guests as well to see ourselves yeah. we always want to take mm-hmm. that honored role and that's where it becomes so painful and we want to dominate yeah. um yeah yeah yep. and 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 that's just to the detriment of the whole body because you know it's just, exactly. it's very counterintuitive but like the more you dominate and silence other parts of the body. It's like trying to run with your arm, you know. Sure. It's, it's, yeah. You actually end up being dysfunctional. Oh, I love that, man. That's so good, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. you know, hmm. it's, 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 you, as a white person, you should want to see, yeah. like, more diverse leadership. You should want to see that because you know that you actually get to see a different wow. aspect of God as you actually yeah. uh, embrace that. Yeah. We need no. each other. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. We need each other. But there are guys who, who, or there are, I don't want to say guys. Um, let me just put it this way. <laughs> let me just put it this way. Are there any obstacles or have, have you guys uh, found any obstacles to this work? Um, mm. in your, in, you have, we've seen in your own experience in building new tables, particularly building the kind of table that you guys are trying to build. I, I just want to hear you guys' yeah. thoughts on have there been, I don't want to say guys, not guys, people out there, but any obstacle that you guys have had in mm. building this table? Mm. Yeah, I mean, uh, Chido probably has quite an eloquent way of saying this, 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 this part, the answer to this question. But I think part of it stems from some of what John was speaking about now in that I think part of the problem and one of the obstacles is that because we live in, a, in this um, unbalanced, in a racialized world, Mm. We know that the the bulk of resources, mm. and let's talk about the Christian world because yeah. it's, uh, we're having an in-house talk here. Yeah. Um, in the Christian world, those resources are locked up with white people. That's the reality. And then we, when mm. we talk about resources, it's obviously beyond just the funding. And yeah. so what happens is a, a massive obstacle then is that those people with the funds want mm. to dictate how you go about doing something. Yes. As mm-hmm. if you are not the expert of your community living there, doing the ministry, exactly. all of that kind of thing. And so that's become a massive obstacle because now you're saying to people without resources that somehow they have to run, like run all of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and and, the, and the, the fact of it is that there are very poor people who do run amazing ministries and continue to Brilliant. do that. The question is about, like, is that okay that we have these people with multi-million rand, whatever, uh, building projects, all of this kind of thing, coexisting as a brother and sister in Christ with someone else who's doing ministry, like five kilometers down the road with that. You know, that's the kind of thing that that we're talking about. And that's, I think, that kind of gets to the heart of, like, why, like, why these tables don't, Exist mm. or don't, don't come about. Yeah, yeah. A, the resources are locked up. It's difficult mm. to unlock them. Yeah. 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 And, 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 I, and I agree with Tristan. Um, so, like, I, I categorize it in terms of like there's their ideological problems and their economical problems. Mm. And they're all intertwined. Yes. These. You can't have one without the other. But um, from an ideological perspective, as Tristan has said, there is this. This, I don't know, this ignorance where one particular group, usually like the white evangelicals, assume that they are the vanguard of theology. Right. And anyone else yeah. trying to do that, uh, they, they have to get a stamp of approval. 
Right. Yeah. And, and if you try to build a table up outside them, they're going to discredit it. It's going to attack you. But like, right. you know, that guy, mm. as, as David was saying earlier, you know, he, he's lost the gospel. Leftist. He's lost the gospel. He's a Marxist. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, he's a lot. Yeah. But I also think there's also like, for ourselves as well, there's, there is this false ideology that building my own table is being def, uh, divisive, pretty much. Right. So like on our own, we sometimes feel like, man, if I'm going to try to do something my, on my own, am I, you know, causing diversion in the church, which right. I don't think yeah. is necessarily, necessarily the, the case. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's that ideological thing. And economically, the fact that yeah. as Tristan has already said, Resources are yeah. locked up, and mm. the resources of white, white of the white race wow. or white people. Yeah, I, I'm just thinking that what are the things in particular that whenever people of color, because that's what you guys are. <laughs> you are people of color. You are black, and you and you're doing this. Whenever we label anything that speaks to the injustices of of what has been done to us as a, as a consequence of white supremacy or as a consequence of, of our past. And we're trying to say, we're trying to rectify that. And the way we're trying to rectify it by naming and identifying <coughs> what we're trying to do with, let's say, black church, mm-hmm. uh, black this, mm-hmm. um, uh, or funding new tables. Mm-hmm. As you say, Chido, uh, it's always seen as, you know, no, but there's one church. No, no but mm. the, there's, there's no other table except the table of the Lord. Yeah, <laughs> there's, right. there's no, there's, there's, there's you guys mm. are ch- dividing the church. You, but mm. then in that, I think there's, there's a lot of, we, we're saying a lot by mm. what we're doing. Mm. We, we're trying to tell you that we're not trying to do something, but we're trying to mm. say to you that there's a problem that we're trying to rectify. Right. Yes. yes. And it's the yes. fact that we had to, move out to create something new in order to rectify this problem mm-hmm. is, is saying a lot about what the church is not doing right. or refusing mm-hmm. to do in trying to correct that other problem. But now yes. they're trying to point a new problem in saying, but, oh, but you do, you divisive. And, and here's where you get the whole conversation of, you know, these things will change with time or mm-hmm. only preach the gospel, <laughs> but you've, you've been having White the gospel. gospel for so yeah. long and it hasn't, <laughs> done anything so yeah. so so, so yeah. what's 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 the problem mm-hmm. um and i just think that's a massive thing that holds a lot of us back it keeps a lot of people of color in particular also mm. back from from saying oh do i then support uh this organization right and mm. how will i be mm. seen mm. to come alongside this organization because i don't want to be lumped with those brothers but mm. i know what the brothers are saying i understand what the brothers are saying but there's mm. so much that I stand to lose. Yes. That if I, that if I, if I fund, if I support, if I publicly come out and support an organization like this, because let's be honest, the people who've been having this conversation about new tables are people of color. Yeah. Majority of us, it's yeah, us yeah. who are having this conversation. And if, mm. and if where white brothers are having the conversation, it is often in support of saying we need to come alongside our brothers. Yeah, we need to, we yeah. need to, we need to help. Yeah. Otherwise, I think most of our brothers, white brothers are having the conversation. They just basically saying, oh, we need to start a ministry. It's never yeah. along the lines of addressing a particular mm. issue. Mm. John, I mm. see you burning. I see you want <laughs> to see, say something. Yeah, no, you keep pausing. You keep doing these pauses. And I'm like, can I get it? I do my, my funny face there. Yeah. 
So I think I, I think the the problem part of the problem is that, and the guys have, have kind of intimated to is, is we've normalized one way, one cultural understanding, one uh, cultural way of doing church, one cultural way of reading scripture. Because let's face it, none of us comes to scripture culturally neutral. All mm. theology is in one sense contextual theology, mm. which is not mm. a bad thing. If you're listening, trust me, it's not a bad thing if you've been taught it is. Um, so all, and so if we've normalized one culture, then the problem is that is what is, it, it means to be orthodox. So mm. unless yeah. you express your mm. theology, unless you express your church, unless you express your, your worship in certain ways, that is what is, then you are unorthodox and no one wants yeah. to be unorthodox. But the problem is yeah. we, white people have defined what orthodoxy is. And yeah. unfortunately, like these guys, like um, I think Tristan reminded us, the, the problem is that definition of orthodoxy, that definition of what it means to be gospel-centered, if you want to use that language, with mm. that is tied up funding, with that is tied up means. And unless you play the game and you kind of adhere to that, 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 that culture and you don't speak about certain things, uh, you die a little to yourself and you kind of play the game, you're not going to get mm. the funding. And for yeah. some of our black brothers and sisters, that literally means you like you're not going to be able to put food on the table. Never mind build new tables. Yeah. And so you like yeah, I mean, there's jobs, there's family, there's security, and so you you they're forced to play along. And yeah. I want to get yeah. that. That's just another level of of actually of depravity. Actually, that you're saying to people, you can't even be yourself. You can't even be made in the image of God. Um, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, man. And like I I remember when I was I think when I was. 18, 19, I was going to a church and it was just so bad what was happening there. And uh, one, of the, the, one of my friends was a pastor there and I was just like, bro, like, why are you even staying here? And his thing was like, no, man, these guys are like paying, paying, paying my kids' school fees and, you know, my fees are attached to them and all this funny stuff. And in that, he had to die to what he actually believed in. He had to like compromise on things that are so vividly, vividly wrong uh, because hmm. well, you've trapped him. He has to survive yeah. pretty much. Yeah. Sure. Tristan, do you have anything to add to this conversation? This question? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think no, you guys have captured it really well. I think the, yeah. the aside, aside point from this is like, some of our reflections has been on like, how do we, so it's important to diagnose the problem and talk about like what's yeah. been done wrong and all of those yeah. kinds of things. But we are so much more excited about what is possible. Like what, mm. like what are these alternatives? Mm. So it's mm. like, mm. and that's some of the feedback we've gotten about, like we could get quite emotional and like bash things and all that, but we like, we're not like interested in that kind of thing. Like right. we, we really want to build something hopeful and new, you know, yeah. that's like is life that's um, mm. And that's what we want to focus our energy on rather that's than like the, so wise. the, the alternative of like, right. and there is a place for that, right? There's a yeah. place mm. for that prophetic voice to call out things and all of that kind of mm. stuff. Yeah. Um, but we are hoping that in modeling something new, we also will, will, will be doing that at the same time. That's good, man. As building something different. Mm. Something different. Mm. Powerful. Powerful. Um, so do you guys believe that the Bible uh, prescribes any particular economic system? Um, I, I wanted to get this John's this question. Whose question was this? What a question. <laughs> listen, listen, this question comes from somebody who's been reading 
No, <laughs> we've been reading right. This this is right. This is this is Old Testament looking into the people of God. How, John? What did you want to Why say? Why are you what asking you? such hard questions? Don't blame me. You know, you're, 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 no, you want to blame everyone uh, on the white guy, man. Yeah, ask your own questions. Okay. So, do you guys believe that the Bible prescribed any particular economic system? Uh, for instance, socialism, capitalism, uh, which one is more biblical or is there, is there a biblical way to think of economics, um, in particular, the, t- the table that you guys are trying to build? Is there a particular way that you guys see uh, that's more honoring to God, a model that actually works? This is one of those where we're, we're talking a bit earlier on about like being labeled certain things now. You got, everyone's going to label me and Chido leftist, Marxist, whatever, whatever, whatever. Welcome, welcome to the club, bro. We'll send your cards in the mail. Oh but I mean, boy. obviously, this is not an off-the-cuff off um, kind yeah. of answer. We've actually thought about it a bit. And like my reflection, reflections are, and Chido can say what these are, but I think the Bible doesn't prescribe those things, like the, yeah. those the words, those socialism versus capitalism or anything like that. So I don't know that there's such a thing that is in the Bible. What I do know is that the world as it is right now, with its mass inequality and global poverty and all of these kinds of things, um, is not working and there's a corrective that's needed. And in my opinion, that corrective at the moment leans more towards socialism um, than it does towards capitalism. And actually a model for that is the kinds of things that we see what the early church looked like. Uh, when no one amongst them had need, you know, like in the pooling of sure. resources. And right. all that's the kind of things that I think at this point anyway, the world needs. And um, The church. And that, yeah. that's what the church should be, right? And so I think I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, um, yeah, I wouldn't camp in, in either one of those words right. uh, in, in, in this conversation at the moment. But I, and I guess the thing is my, my theology says that there's there's enough stuff in the world that God is a God of abundance, well, and that. that the problem at the moment is that it's it's kind of uh, locked up, uh, which is what inequality is, right? The, right. the wealth is locked yeah. Up. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. So that's that's just some thoughts that I have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I totally second Tristan. I do I do think the Bible does not. Uh, give any prescription as to whether we should go with, you know, socialism or capitalism. It, it, it's not uh, as clear on that. I think both have some merits and some flaws as well. With, sure. with yeah. Analytical of both systems. Um, but I think what I'll just add is that I think there has to we need to distinguish between using these terms from a prescriptive point of view and from a descriptive point of view. Um, so like among us, as we're talking right now, we can prescribe socialism to one another. So we could say, guys, the way we are going to relate to one another is through a socialistic framework. This is the way it works. But that, there's another, but it's another thing when you all four of us love one another, care for mm-hmm. one another, sacrifice yeah. care for one another, and then yeah. some external entity says, "Oh, that those guys are doing, those guys are socialists." Right. That's that's a different thing. That's a different thing. And for me. I want to do what Christ called me to do. Yeah. I want to love people. I want to 
put the interests of others above myself. I want to care about yeah. justice. If you're going to call that socialism, well, whatever. Yeah. Call me a socialist. I, yeah. I don't care. I don't care. Right. You know, people call yeah. Jesus names. Um, but for me, I think the main thing is on a prescriptive level, I think what the Bible calls us to do is to love one another. On a, on a descriptive level, how people describe us, I really don't care. And I think as I was yeah. just thinking about this uh, question, um, I, I, I remember Martin Luther King Jr.'s comment on this, which I thought was so good. I'm just going to try to read it. It's a short extract, uh, but I thought he captures it perfectly. Uh, and I quote, uh, Jesus was a serious man precisely because he dealt with the tang of the human amid the glow of the divine, and that he was concerned about their problems. He was concerned about bread. He opened and he opened and started Operation Bread Basket a long time ago. He initiated the first sit-in, the greatest revolutionary that history has ever known. And when people tell us when we stand up that we got our inspiration from this or that, go back and let them know where we got our inspiration. Right. I read at Das Kapital and the Communist Manifesto years ago when I was a student in college. And many revolutionary movements in the world came into being as a result of what Marx talked about. The great tragedy is that Christianity failed to see that it had the revolutionary edge. You don't need to go to Karl Marx to learn how to be revolutionary. I didn't get my wow. inspiration from Karl Marx. Yeah. I got it from the man named Jesus, a Galilean wow. saint who said he wow. was anointed to heal the brokenhearted. Yeah. Wow. We got this tame Jesus, haven't we? We got this like yeah, sanitized yeah. Jesus, and we actually we go back and we look yeah. at scripture. And I love what you said. If you're gonna call me a socialist, that's fine. But like I'm 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 going to the scripture, I'm following Jesus. And yeah, if that looks like socialism, cool. If that looks like something else, go for it. But this is actually who I am, and I, I love that. And I think that mm, and yeah. that's that's so true. Mm. Yeah. So guys. So that we, we've mentioned, and uh, Tristan, you spoke about this, uh, being speaking prophetically. Um, and I think for, for much of what we try to do as well now is, is speak prophetically, not only addressing the problem, but saying something needs to be done. Now, how have you guys, um, as Isisekelo, uh, tried to overcome some of the obstacles that has been in your way in trying to get uh, this organization flying um, and trying to make things happen? Uh, that's interesting language there. The, the flying bit is, uh, is yeah. an interesting. Uh, <laughs> but we are, are, are you still on the runway? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are. We are still in the checkout. What's the check-in counter? Okay. Maybe just because I'm not sure we've been hundred percent clear, but maybe just give us a little bit of the vision for Iskelo as well. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Okay, that's like a nice meaty kind of question. Okay, so we'll we'll tag team it between me and Chido. I guess I can. It's. Isisekela really is experimental, right? So this is an experiment. It's something that we're trying out. We're trying to figure out how this should work. Mm -hmm. And I guess the easiest thing that we could do, um, that we had access to, was people around us. And so then we just thought, let's get some people who are like-minded, some of our friends together, and let's just pull resources. So networks, money, uh, whatever we have. And then let's help ministry leaders who find themselves in a position where they've either they cannot raise funds on their own because of the ministry work they're doing. Right. Um, yeah. Like, for example, explicitly speaking out against racism. 
some people don't want to fund it because it's risky or whatever. Um, I heard that. Yeah. <laughs> no idea what you're talking about. I'm sure you guys have no idea what that what that's like <laughs> at all. Yeah. Um, and so we, we just said like, because it wasn't difficult to find people with the needs, right? It's, oh, yeah. It was it's super easy to find people who are in dire need um, doing good Christian uh, kind of ministry work. Right. And so there's been a lot of internal debates about what that means. So like, what does it mean to be doing uh, what kind of Christian ministry? Is it only pastors? Even things like what's the holistic gospel? Right. All of those yeah. kinds of That's things. That's so good. Um, <laughs> And so it's all been part of this kind of experiment that we try. Um, yeah. Chido, you have more. Uh, no, I think, I think you captured it perfectly. Um, yeah, so it is that old thing of trying to raise funds to assist those that um, can't get funding through normal means because of what the stance they've taken as it pertains yeah. to the gospel. Um, yeah, and, and obviously our, our, our vision is to try, so like a lot of Time has been spent this year to spend uh, trying to formalize that and how that can look like and how we can actually like have a consistent flow of um, uh, financials or funds coming in so that we can distribute those things. Right. Um, yeah, but it is that. And, and as Tristan said, a part of that as well has been trying to figure out what we actually mean when right. we talk about people who have taken a certain stance with the gospel or what we, we are referring to as a holistic gospel. Right. Uh, what, yeah. How does that look like and um, what do we mean by that? So, so yeah. can I just ask an interpretation question just when you're saying that, obviously we can all relate to the idea of like maybe a pastor in a, in a under-resourced community struggling to raise funds and then having funding cut because he is actually being faithful to his community, speaking about injustice or uh, she's... Yeah. Um, you know, not willing, not necessarily going to, going to have the church and the whole field look exactly the way the, the maybe the funding church down the road wants it to look, and so he or she is taking a stand on that. Um, but then, like when you're saying a holistic gospel, could it be something like this? And I'm, I may be out of this, and this maybe is part of your discussion. But you're saying you may have, a, for instance, a teacher who instead of going to teach at a, uh, a you know, wealthy private suburban school, chooses to teach at a township school. Uh, knowing that they might not have the same financial uh, payback that there may be certain, um, you know, financial or career struggles that are going on uh, and mm -hmm. obstacles that come in their way. Uh, but they're doing that because of, of, of a commitment to Christ mm -hmm. because they're saying, well, we, we want to make a difference in the areas that are most needed. Is that the kind of thing you are, I'm not saying it's exactly that, but when you're talking about what does a ministry look like, what is, what is holistic mm -hmm. gospel, is it that kind of thing? Am I understanding it? So I, I think Tristan can talk more into okay. this as well, but I, I think it encompasses that. Um, okay. I know our focus was primarily with finding people in the ministry okay. initially. So just like if you're in the ministry and uh, you're struggling to like, um, you know, uh, fund your family or whatever because you're right. choosing to stand, uh, take a particular stand on the gospel, then we, were, we wanted you to continue the work of the ministry. Wow, that's good. Uh, yeah. and fund you and look for funding and give away we can. Um, but again, I think this is one of the things we have been discussing this year of can we not branch it out uh, to more items? So that's why like one of the ideas is to have a network uh, a network type 
set up whereby people can assist one another okay. as they're living out a holistic gospel. Right. And then the core team will focus more on um, funding ministry leaders that uh, need uh, the funding. Okay. Wow. Okay. I that's, guess that's that's some, of the, some of the internal yeah. conversation, I guess, has been around, like, what does the proclamation of the gospel look like, right? So, like, yeah. is it just, like, I say just, I shouldn't use the word just. Is it only um, preaching the gospel on a Sunday in a congregation setting? Okay. Like, is that yeah. the only way that proclamation of the gospel, is that the only thing it means? Or does it mean an example closer to what John has described? And so, at the, so far, the, and we haven't raised lots of funds, but we have had a few distribution rounds. We, we've kind of grappled with that every time we've done okay. a distribution. And I'll kind of the net of people that we've funded is quite wide up until now. But as we kind of refining that more, we're trying to figure out what's the best way, um, what's the best way of doing that. I think in terms of your question about like the, um, the vision or like that kind of thing we do, uh, I mean, and this is still also in the working, but our vision is broader than like, um, like a narrow focus, I guess, on, on funding and we don't want to just be pooling funds. We do want to set up something that is self generate like self-sustaining um, nice. that can run on its own. It's like, it's, it's a whole new model of, of funding in itself. And that's what we're trying to sure. figure out. How, what, what does that look like? I do, we don't have the yeah. answer yet, but we, we're yeah. willing to, to grapple. Yeah. And, and I guess part of our understanding is that we could sit around and think about this for another year. But why not? While we think, let's just get our hands stuck in it. it. Like, let's go and do that's some powerful. stuff, even that's, if it's very small, even if it's tiny. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, you guys chose to go the financial route um, in terms of supporting and funding. Um, why is is that so important for 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 building new tables, and especially especially also for overcoming um, the legacy of structural injustice? Um, to think of those two things. Why is this particular thing in terms of financial provision, why is that so important? Um, I think it's because the one of the, the byproducts or one of the direct consequences of structural injustice has financial implications for right. everyone in society and the church is not spared. Yeah. So I guess the mm. traditional church model is that you would your church operations and everything is funded from the tithes and things that people bring to the church. But what do you yeah. do when, you're, when your whole congregation lives below the poverty line? Then what are we saying about those? Like, doesn't mean no church exists there. Doesn't mean we expect yeah. that those pastors leading those churches should live on nothing. Um, yeah. You know, like jobs. that's, there's, yeah. yeah, exactly. Should they be doing the three jobs uh, to, to fund uh, those things? Um, and so that we, we're just saying like there must, there is a financial um, element to this and, and the financial element is one of the big gaps we've identified. Cool. And that's something we feel like we can uh, work into. Like we see that there's stuff we can do to figure, mm. to figure things out. Mm. Mm. So that's why there's this financial thing that's, that's in there. Mm. No, that's powerful guys. Mm. That's really helpful because I, yeah, Man, I'm thinking of um, just because one of the things that has also been in my in my heart is 
is coming alongside the emotional and the mental aspect of, sure. of guys in the ministry because that sure. that element is something dignity is is, mm. is a massive sure. thing is it and mm. it's so broad mm. because mm. you guys are certainly addressing one part of the dignity question yeah and, and and also an, an important immense important part of seeing ministry especially in 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 underreached um, township cape flats areas uh, when I say underreach, I mean the gospel is there's there's a lot of churches there. But mm-hmm. when I when I when I talk about that, I'm talking about guys who have theological degrees, guys who are trained, uh, and who ne- not necessarily, particularly black guys, don't have you know the capacity to go there because they don't have the kind of funding to yeah. support mm-hmm. and to and mm-hmm. to go there. What that does as well in terms of the kind of work needed to bring young people up to see, oh snap. Here's a, 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 a Cheeto who's getting his hands dirty in this context, who mm. is showing me that, hey, there's a world beyond Kailicha. There's a world mm. beyond this. And then what that then does with the, just the, the mental and the psychological you know, influence of those people whom the, the black guys are serving. When I say guys, I mean guys and girls are serving in those contexts. How mm. much that will influence and impact the structural implications of of, of Ikasi and, and those areas. Yep. And then those young people then changing those communities. Mm-hmm. Sure. But because we sure. don't have guys who are dreaming prophetically, we don't have guys mm-hmm. who, are, who have the visions and, 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 and seeing you know, the, the massive need that's there yeah. for this yeah. stuff to happen, they don't go. Mm-hmm. And the pastors, mm-hmm. all the pastors who are there, who, are, who have the vision, who are seeing it, they're not getting the young guys who have the energy to yeah. do it because they don't have the money to support yeah. these guys. Yeah. And yeah. so in terms of the structural question, there's, there's just such a lot happening. Um, yeah. And I would love to see some of that work going also into the guys who are there, who are having the mental and then saying, yeah. actually, let us, let us come alongside those guys and actually mm. pay, you know, for, you know, guys need to see a counselor. Um, yeah. uh, yes. Because the, the work sure. is heavy. The, the guys burn holiday, out man. as a result. They yeah. get the money, but then the work is so, such a lot. They're so alone outside. They're the yeah, guys. Sure. Now, part yeah. of that is to say, we need to come alongside those guys in all those holistic areas. That's yeah. right. Yeah. 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 Totally agree with that. And, that's and I think part of, this, part of this thing is like, what we're saying is like, we back those pastors as the experts. We don't know how to do ministry on those very yeah. tough things. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like there's no way we're going to come up with the solutions of that. I, like there's so many people that I've met and like there's friends who are doing ministry in some of these areas and it's like, they know what they're doing. Exactly. Like, they don't need another, like whatever, I don't know, like a conference or something, something, mm-hmm. you know, like what they need, they need some money to help them run. Exactly. The thing. And I agree yeah. with you that those people face so much pressures on the day to day thing. I mean, like the amount of pastoral issues that there are, that they have to deal with. Of course, sure. they're going to need support and help. Oh, did we lose David? Uh, we just lost David. So I guess so I'm the host now, but carry on. We'll just keep, uh, <laughs> hopefully we'll get David back soon. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I think that was a full stop. I think that's what <laughs> that I, I think David threw you, but yeah, I just, I just want to say, and obviously just drawing the lines that's what we were talking about earlier is that the, 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 those same pastors are under pressure who are trying to do ministry, who are financially cash strapped, who want to stay in their communities the only very often the only way they can get funding apart from working two, three jobs is to appeal to the white church down the road. Yeah. And then that yeah. funding comes with so many strings attached 
that actually affects yeah. them from doing the work they should be doing because they have to do other things. They have to appear a certain way. They have to. Mm-hmm. Um, they have. To, they, they, they can't say certain things. They can't. They. They must mm-hmm. just be about preaching a certain way rather than yeah. uh, necessarily getting involved in the community, getting involved in in justice initiatives, getting involved in mercy initiatives. It's often mm-hmm. because that is seen as the social gospel or all kinds of things yeah. like that. And so we we actually. In, in supposedly supporting people, you end up actually robbing the ministry from the experts who actually know what they want to do, what they know, what yeah. needs to be done. Um, yeah. So I love that idea. Is we just we need to give money. We need to trust people. Uh, the, the strings attached need to be uh, need, need to be cut in one sense. Mm. Um, and, and again, it's and it's for the benefit of the body. It's like absolutely, it's, yeah. It, it it is absolutely for the benefit for the body. Um, I think oh, David is back. I think it's back, yeah. We lost you for a second there. Yeah, I lost you guys. You're uh-huh. back. Good. Uh, Sorry about that. No, no, it's fine. Oh. You, we, we were just, we just carrying a little bit for chatting. So do you want to move us on? I don't know what. Yep. Do you have some more questions? Sorry about that, guys. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, so where were we? <laughs> um, yeah, I think... So just in terms of, 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 of that question of, of supporting and, and funding and coming alongside guys in the ministry, I think it's, it, it, it's massive. And the implications are just, just so big, just so big. Um, just let's think about um, you guys. I mean, you, we, we've been throwing around a lot of theological terms in terms of, you know, holistic gospel. Um, uh, can you just define that a little bit in terms of mm. your vision, what you guys are doing, what that what that means on a theological level, having a the, having a, a, a holistic gospel? What does that entail? Uh, yeah, I can go. I can go over here. Um, so for me, I think a holistic gospel means that um, when Christ came to save us, He came to save us as a whole. Yeah. Uh, that entails our spiritual self, our emotional self, our physical self as well. So all aspect. And um, yep. I think this terms from like this our understanding of, of Ephesians three, you know, where Paul mm-hmm. talks about God's, you know, master plan, the mystery of God as he calls mm-hmm. it, in which God is is the ultimate plan where God is heading towards is uh, a renewed earth in heaven yeah. where relationships are restored where there is harmony between him and we have harmony with one another. This has mm. always been God's plan from the beginning yeah, uh, to sure. create a community where people live in harmony with one another and harmony with him. The means by which he does that is through Jesus Christ and the yep. death on the cross. So that's, that's an important means. We don't minimize that means. We don't neglect no. that means. Uh, but we don't replace the means for the mission of God. That's good. And um, I think the gospel encompasses all these aspects, the theological aspects, but it's also eschatological. It's, 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 got, a, it's got a forward-facing yeah. reality that's to come. Um, so, yeah, when, when, when we refer to the holistic gospel, we're talking about the gospel that um, tries to restore individuals fully spiritually, uh, emotionally, physically, in all aspects. And 
the means by which we do that, what empowers us to actually do that is Christ's death on the cross, which frees us from you know, the love of this world, frees us to sacrificially give, frees us to genuinely care and love, uh, invites us into his mission of spreading right. the gospel, which goes just beyond uh, saving souls. That's so important. But it's not less yeah. than. And I just want to stress that because yeah. I like every time I say similar things, people always hear you saying, less than saving souls. We're going, no, the spiritual is, is it's it's the heart of it, but it's not yeah. the it's not it's, like it's it's not the end of it. And I think that's what we gotta get. Like Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. not it's it's like it's the start of an amazing journey, you know. It's there it's, we go. it's it's yeah. not that's not the whole gospel, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Those that know the it's an important aspect. You need to, you know, be forgiven of your sins and, mm-hmm. and have this renewed mind. But it's more yeah. than that. It's, yeah. it's God is creating one new man, one new humanity right. of the two. And it's a beautiful yeah. thing. And that's what we're a part of. That's what we're living for. We're Come living on. to see that one humanity, humanity which yeah. individuals are totally uplifted in. They can be all they are sure. in God. Sure. Preach, brother. Preach. Preach. Yeah, yeah. 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 Now, if you guys, if you guys under that theological umbrella, if you guys were to, if the Lord somehow said, listen, I'm behind this vision um, in, in its fullness, and I know he is behind it, and, and, he, and he just opens the floodgates, and he just opens the floodgates. Let me get all charismatic when you guys here. And he opens the floodgates, and, and God just, just, you hear what I said? God, God, God just does what God does, owning a, a cattle on a thousand hills, Amen. and he just, he blesses you in every kind of way. Uh, possible to make this dream fly. Can you guys dream with us a little bit in terms of what this vision of you of yours would look like? Mm. You're asking us to dream here, David. That's a, I'm big, asking it's a massive, 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 <laughs> massive, massive question. Um, yeah. the, the short answer, I guess, is Chida will give you a longer answer, I know. But my short, <laughs> uh, short version, summarized version of the dream is that we would have this I don't even want to call it a fund. It's like this resource bank that is uh, self-sustaining, so it can be replenished continuously mm-hmm. by some way or another, and that it multiplies. So mm-hmm. that it, it, like you know, it multiplies in all sorts of different kinds of ways, geographically and spiritually, and it just like goes massive all over the place. Um, yeah. Because at the heart of it, I think what we're trying to say is that that the money that's funding shouldn't be the obstacle that prevents people from living out the calling that God has given. Amen. Yeah. Right. So mm-hmm. like we can flesh that out a bit more of what exactly that looks like. But I think at the core, that's what it, that's what we want. Mm-hmm. Right. Chido. Yeah. Are you going to disagree yeah. with yeah. me? Yeah. Not no, I'm not Chido, I want to, I want to, I want to push you here, man. Tristan, we know he's a facts and figures guy. He's given us the, the bones. Come on, Ch- Chido, you're the artist. Paint us a picture, man. Make it beautiful, man. Come on. <laughs> I, I, I will try. But, but I, I think Tristan has summed it. Wow. But look, <laughs> and, and um, yeah, so for me, it is, it is, if we can in the near future have a, a theological center where we are funding sure. pastors that, um, you know, are standing for the holistic gospel where we are, we are sending pastors that want to be sent wherever need yeah. is. Uh, sure. That would be amazing. Um, 
But above all, I think, like as Tristan said earlier, um, we really want to challenge the current funding model in the church, which yeah. uh, is linked to one particular group as the arbiters right. of all finances. Um, and I think we have that opportunity as Spikello. So I'm really hoping that in the near future we can launch experiments. So we can try have affordable housing that turns into a church on a Sunday. Oh, here we go. And, you know, hey, hey, um, hey, here we hey, go. hey. The rental cost hey. will pay the pastor. And, and so like sure. So we have the opportunity to actually try dream right. about like how can we how can we model um church funding in our context in a way that's sustainable and is true and remains true to the gospel. Right. So I'm hoping wow. that we, we get to do that. Um and obviously like uh like what you guys are doing is um contributing in whatever way we can into this discussion on on, on what you know yeah. a, a Christ centered uh biblical right. justice looks like. Right. Sure. sure. So guys just so just a closing question, perhaps. Um, can each of you guys just give us uh, one practical step that those of us or those people who are listening can take um, to begin to transform or even dismantle, if, if that's what's needed, even dismantle, uh, you know, systems that are in place that are, that are, you know, within the church that are just not helping, that's unjust in many ways, not helping, you know, the funding of, of guys in, in, in dire need um, of funding. Mm. Yeah, I, I can. I think my, my answer is a bit more. It's not an answer. Just <laughs> I guess it's not the best to how to go first. Um, but but I think for me it's, it's I I found it very difficult to like think about this question. Um, and the reason why is, is is the first thing you need to you need to establish in a Christian context is if your church embraces a truncated gospel, sure, or a full gospel. And depending on where they stand and whether and whether or not they're willing to listen or not, you know, you might have to do some intense soul searching right. uh, before uh, you choose to um, embark mm. on like funding someone else and you know, or you know taking part in other churches. Um, so I, I think for me, my my thing is um, you need to be in an environment first of all where you know that the gospel that's being preached is holistic. Sure. And from that place, uh, look, if, if it's well-resourced, then you should challenge that church to assist other, other uh, churches or ministry leaders that are struggling as they right. are preaching holistic gospel. Amen. Uh, but if it's under-resourced, um, try find it, help out with tithing and giving, um, reach out to us, or um, look for friends alongside who you can uh, you know, encouraged to join in and partner in and helping you like establish that church. Right. But it starts off with that whole, you first have to be in the right environment. Hmm. Yeah. I think. That's powerful. That's hmm. powerful. And the root, get your theology right. Yeah. Mine is like, I think on a very like practical thing, if you are earning a regular income and you give money to different things, including your tithe, then I think you should do an audit of where your money is going. Sure. And I think part of that audit is how, what proportion of that money that you're giving away is given to organizations that are led by white people. Sure. So not who the beneficiaries are, but who is leading 
there. Sure, yeah. And then yeah. I think you need to do some work to understand why is is the proportions going to these organizations. Right. And then I think you should ask God what to do with it. Wow. You know, like I there's no I don't have a prescriptive, but I think you have to come to terms with that, what that means when you know that. And I think it's a good good idea to ask God, well, is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you're South African. Yeah. Especially if you're South African, where the majority yeah. of the population is not white. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's so good. Sure. I mean, I was just talking to someone today and we were just it was we were just chatting about how the white church and like there's no way to get away from this. The white church has benefited financially, resource wise at the expense mm. of the black church and amazing yeah. the black church has flourished. And so we've, we've got to look at those realities and we've got to ask those questions and oh. why, why, and that still carries on because of this normalization of what is, of, of what is the culture, what is the orthodoxy. And so we still have this temptation to give towards white led ministries, towards ministries that speak to white concerns, because we believe that's better. And that's part of yeah. that, just that, that, brilliant but evil socialization of of race and of apartheid that has happened and so it's like we've mm. got to do that internal work i love you to say an audit of going why do i think this ministry is better why am why is my money going there even if you're black because you've probably been affected mm-hmm. by this too and somehow you believe if a white guy's mm-hmm. heading it up it's more reputable and reliable and we've got to ask those questions so yeah i love that thank you for highlighting yeah. that yeah mm. oh, that's powerful Guys, uh, I want to say, uh, I'm speaking for John and myself. Um, I mean, he can speak for himself, but I think from the bottom of our heart, we want to say thank mm. you, uh, Tristan yeah. and Chiro. Uh, we love your vision for the kingdom Absolutely. Uh, and for reimagining, just, just yes. reimagining how we can use our finances, not only to build new tables, but in fact, to further the kingdom, to, to further yeah. the, the, the gospel and the spread of the gospel in, in, in this context, uh, especially in areas uh, most needed uh, yeah. uh, to people that are most needed, voices that have been silenced for so long that yeah. are needed in this conversation, in this country, yeah. in in the church. Mm-hmm. Um, guys, it's it's, it's phenomenal. Um, yeah. Thanks so much, uh, guys. We're about to to do. We're about to sign off. Uh, so as always, you can follow Yellow Menso on Twitter or on Isabombano or on uh, on Facebook. Um, get involved with the conversation, yeah. uh, discussions that's going on. Uh, give us your comments, give us your feedbacks. Uh, if you found this helpful, please share it with friends. Uh, like, comment once again. Uh, guys, this audio was produced by Exilic Music. You can find them at www.exilic.co.za. I'm David signing out. And I'm John saying we've got work to do. Basilana. Leverch. Be safe, people.